0: So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye.
1: Okay,
2: I did it. You did it! Yay!
3: All right, we're recording um welcome to feature creep colon
0: built-in microwave semi-colon uh, industrial oh
3: oh yeah. no that's okay yeah industrial emotional blender industrial emotional strength. Industrial, strength. industrial. yeah strength um,
0: emotional blender yeah
3: yeah well if you're well, listening to this you read it. whatever title we selected from this podcast in or order emotional to blender. It, yeah so <laughs> it'll be something around that but um or not or not who knows like <laughs> Yeah, so if you this is your very first episode of our podcast, welcome. Um, we don't use scripts. We don't use scripts. We do. <laughs> right. um, we do. Shh. There are rules and strict uh,
2: protocols. The <laughs> yeah, protocol protocols. must be followed.
3: Right. Oh. Six, Sigma. <laughs> Six Sigma. Yes, Six Sigma. Yes we should what we should do is like one of these podcasts we should just pick something like six sigma and do the like the rough like 30 minute crash course of it and then attempt Mm -hmm. to apply apply it to like the podcast for for an episode just talk Mm. about like what it would mean i don't know i mean i don't know if that that even makes sense
2: hilarious yeah um I would ride that train
3: I would ride that train too uh, mm-hmm. so would ride that train, yeah, if this is your first podcast, welcome, and we uh, this podcast is about art and design, although um, we get off topic pretty quickly uh, right. but we're going today we 're going to talk about industrial design in the concept or we 're going to ar- relate human emotion and experience with huh. industrial concepts um. Mm-hmm potentially i don't know i think at the moment we're just going to describe a hilarious interaction between the three of us so i'm right. ned and this is uh meg here
2: yo it's, yo Anne. and i'm lauren
3: lauren so the three of us i
2: use uh, she and her pronouns
3: uh yes and i use he and him mostly uh they or them is fine but um he and him typically is also acceptable
2: i use
0: they them or she her or like a combination thereof
3: right yes
0: yeah. If you like called me a guy, it wouldn't be the first mm-hmm. time and I would probably <laughs> still respond. Right. Yes. However, I would have responded anyway.
2: <laughs> I really enjoyed doing a graphic project where I was trying to space out neo pronouns. And it gave me just like I felt like a really intimate knowledge of them, like actually trying to figure out the spacing of like an X and an E and an I. But then with other versions and I, I... Hmm. I i want there to be a charming word for me to have like an built an intimate relationship with neo pronouns yeah. through a graphic project oh that i love fabulous. this yeah that <laughs> does sound really fun
3: we should get Chris in on this he's uh yeah. he's our resident graphic designer um mm. yeah he's i was i enjoy him does he
2: want to talk about intimate relationships with words yeah oh yeah I, yeah. I bet he would. then, then yeah. he sounds like our people yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Ned. You yes. often want to encourage uh, people to well. We always encourage people to contact us, but Ned, yes. you have specifically mentioned uh, that there are various times throughout the podcast when you would like to do it, and is now a time when you now would is a like time. Yeah,
3: I've been trying to move some of this <laughs> this stuff up to the, the very time. beginning. Um, yes, you can email us. Uh, you can contact our executive assistant Dana, D A N A at fcbm.io. And she will get you sorted out if you have questions, comments, concerns. Um, if you need a book recommendation, she'll so sorted out. Yeah. 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 Or you just want to reach out. We're definitely, uh, if you're listening to this podcast in 2022, January 2022, when we're publishing this, um, or roughly around that time, uh, we're still kind of small. Like I think we have about 200 listeners pretty regular every month um so it's a great time to like jump in if you're like hey what are those guys doing and you want to talk to us because we're not we're internet famous but only in ireland and only in the <laughs> is it automobile <laughs> what is it anyway whatever those marketing emails told us was hilarious um, uh,
0: yeah i think it was like i think it was like 49th yes <laughs> ranked yes. art and design podcast in ireland it's like how many art and design podcasts does ireland have 50 right 50 or 49 we, or are, 49. That's we true. are the yeah. omega
3: <laughs> uh yes I I found the email uh, feature creep colon built in microwave is ranking very well in Ireland. Carlos riots writes from uh, pod pod dot com. Hello. How's it going? Uh, your podcast feature creep colon built in microwave has good performance in some rankings. Last 30 days position 59 in the category of design in 59, Ireland. D nine. not Forty
0: nine. Fifty nine. It's a significant difference.
3: A little more disappointing in the UK, but who cares about the United (laughs) Kingdom? Position two hundred and thirty in the worst uh, empire ever. Yeah, worst empire ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) anyway. Uh. Yeah. So, anyway, reach out. Uh. Hopefully, you will enjoy this podcast. Also, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, "This is insane," um. You are right, mm-hmm. you're right, also, if you don't care for this particular episode, most of our episodes are like very different from each other. so um I would encourage you to shop around if you're still kind of at least mildly interested um, or you know, don't i we, there's no advertising, we don't get paid for this. we don't do any sponsorships or anything, so there's not any uh we don't have a lot of incentive other than i guess I guess the reason I keep pushing the email thing is like if you want to engage with us, we're here, and that's fine. Like jump yeah. in the jump in the hot tub, the yeah. pool. I don't know. The Come water's warm. The
2: yeah, the water's warm. <laughs> yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. the sauna. The sauna. Yes. The sauna. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and then also I, yeah, yeah, like and if you do email us. uh it goes without saying we we're not collecting email addresses nor are we sharing your information without your explicit. Permission.
0: No, you're, you're so. just emailing like two y- people. Yeah, just two yeah. random
3: people on the internet, and we'll probably <laughs> just write back and be like, "Hey, it's so uh, great hey. to hear from you over there on your <laughs> corner of the world." Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. and you'll get a response like <laughs> from my personal email yes, probably yes. because I haven't figured out how to respond otherwise. Right. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time. Yeah, it mm-hmm.
3: is a good time. Mm-hmm. Um. Cool. So okay. we yeah.
2: had started uh, for those of you listening, yes. for those of you not in the uh, podcasting sauna, yes. uh, uh, out there in the real world, um, we, we were to getting together and trying to decide what we were going to talk about. And we were sharing this story. And we're like, wait a minute. I think we found what we're going to talk about. We should just share this story. Yeah, and so <laughs> part of
0: our workflow is that we have an ongoing conversation
1: yeah Uh, over text message it's been
0: going forever and we just talk about stuff and then we also like it's just a depository for all of our like undeveloped ideas about the podcast and so we just hashtag something with a little tag and then we like can go back and sort through and see all of these things and (laughs) like quick reference these brilliant ideas that we had without with with or without context sometimes right Um, (laughs) and so we were using that as like the starting point for what we would talk about on this podcast that you're listening to right now and um this episode was taken straight from this chat that we had not terribly long ago actually it
2: was pretty recent it's pretty recent and and the details of it really don't matter but but there there was i i lauren was sharing some feelings Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) ned was was trying to like had accurately assessed that that I was talking about feelings but because I had left out some keywords <laughs> wasn't really sure what the feelings were the, about who was involved and stage. then got the sense there was a person but wasn't really sure who the who was mm-hmm. and logically assumed I had said something to offend Lauren. <laughs> yes <laughs> which we yeah. couldn't be farther from the truth I can't imagine Meg oh, yeah offending com- me in a way that I couldn't just be like whatever yeah Yeah. (laughs) the context
3: the context in my mind was that um you guys had been kind of communicating back and forth and i hadn't been able to follow for a while because i was working or something else was going on and then work yeah ridiculous (laughs) and so i had um I was like trying to catch up and I was skimming through and then I see Lauren kind of leave this comment about like, I just was trying to share this with you something <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, you know, I didn't
2: actually use the word you
3: no, but I was just trying to share this idea. Yes, that's right. I was just trying to share this idea that I had and then my feelings were hurt because it wasn't well received. That's not exactly what you said, <laughs> but it was. And so then I was like, Oh no, maybe, um, you know, like sometimes meg and i i mean i think for sure her and i like encourage this i mean
2: anybody this is true we all step on each other's like emotional toes that's i think for
3: sure meg and i like we get we get on a train and we just bowl over stuff it's like this is bad and that's bad like when we're kind of like you know working (laughs) out
0: judgmental yeah
3: it's very charming (laughs) actually um (laughs) and so I was like, "Oh no, maybe like Lauren got hit by the train when she wasn't expecting it," <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I would reach out to you and say, "Hey, I just want to check in and see because I didn't." If, I hadn't if Meg it all
0: cratered or bulldozed your <laughs> right, right, right,
3: <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I'm like texting with Lauren. Per, like directly back now. channel back channel because <laughs> right, i'm like right. fuck that Meg. right like, to the source yeah. right to the source um right to the emotional know. source yeah and right. so i i send i send uh. this message to uh lauren which is basically like um and the funny thing is i just said hey how are you doing are you okay and then when you wrote back um you clarified for me like what like for the most part you kind of mm-hmm. clarified what was going on but since i hadn't said Oh, man, I'm like, but what about your relationship with Meg? Like, I was still kind of assuming that, like, oh, cool. Like, I get, like, you're having this other thing. But my brain's still like, oh, yeah, but I got to, like, find out, like, what's going on. So I write, I try to, like, <laughs> diplomatically write about what I think about Meg, which I absolutely, I try to say things that I, like, I would not ne- I try never to say things about people that I wouldn't say to them. And so this is absolutely one of those cases right. where... So- Yes, please.
2: You finish your sentence, but before you go on, I want to interject with something I feel will add context and oh, possibly. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I more. was just gonna
3: just say, and then here it is. This is what I said. Should I read it now? So or? before, no, yes. no, okay. before
2: you read it. So then, yep. to 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 further add context to this, I, you know, was not aware of the the Ned's, you know, it's crossed even. wires, but I was aware of the fact that I had sort of just like totally Barfed changed the subject, the, yes, right? Yeah. Exactly. In our long chat, where we're talking about like um uh uh city design like like sustainable city designs mm-hmm. and and uh-huh. um, the things that the Netherlands does great to like try to actually embody <laughs> functional uh transit systems and like all the ways that the u.s does things literally ass backwards yeah
0: and there's a guy like pointing out all these success stories yeah like look it's right here right here look
2: this is this exactly this road design function i'm talking about oh here's a video of me in canada and look at how they don't have this thing and la 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 right and in the midst of this totally off topic i like burst in with like i just got my feelings hurt yes
1: right right
2: (laughs) and i kind of like just barf all over And so uh, Ned has reached out to me, very thoughtful, and I'm about, I am actually in the midst of typing out a message saying, gosh, I'm really sorry. I just kind of like burst in with big feelings and didn't really make sure everybody was along for the ride and just had them without context. And then I was like, wait a minute. I can think of exact instances where I was the person going, I don't really know what's going on, but this person is having feelings and I'll just like, I can go along for the ride. I don't need the details now. I might or might not get them later, but It's kind of only somewhat relevant. And so I can I can just roll with it. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I bet then they feel the same way. Like if I can do it for other people, I bet they can roll with it for me. So I probably don't need to apologize. Yeah. And I said that to Ned and I specifically named Meg as somebody who has (laughs) done that. Yes, right. (laughs) So I can see how this would only add to Ned's sense of like, Oh gosh, maybe Lauren and Meg had a falling out. (laughs) right even though i was actually so saying funny. this is like a charming thing and right
3: yeah oh now that even makes more sense right because you were like you were talking about like not needing to apologize and you're like you know we both love meg true but you know and like but my brain's like now adding to the that um what's right. this called where you uh like bias um like
2: confirmation confirmational bias.
3: bias right like i'm like Meg did something wrong. What is it <laughs> like? And then she mentions Meg and, you know, we both right, like, okay, right. Meg definitely did something wrong. Now okay, definitely me... Meg did something wrong. <laughs> yeah.
0: And the next thing you know, they uh, burned me at the stage. <laughs>
3: So then I go, so I said, um, I send this message, which I described Meg. I basically said Meg is kind of like an emotional, sorry, an industrial strength emotional blender. If you put some peaches in there, you'll get something sweet out. But if you were expecting whole peaches or even just sliced peaches, you're going to be a bit disappointed.
1: So, great. so good
3: and then i go on to say not to mention the fact that you're also whatever you get out is going to have a little bit of whatever was already in there <laughs> yeah, um, there is no rinsing in between yeah no. and <laughs> yeah, there's no rinsing in between it's, it's if just a blender it just incorporates just it
0: we're never not using the blender right, so, right, right, so it's there's, on, no, like, there's, there's like, never yes, downtime exactly. on all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It does though. stick your hand in there? <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> just be aware of what you're doing when you do.
2: Right. Yeah. Careful. Right. Just yeah. To, yeah. yeah, if you can put your hand in there, it's just going to be oh, hand all, with a little peach residue or whatever. Of
3: my, all of my emotional spoons have little nicks on them from falling <laughs> in the blender. <laughs> when it's like this oh totally- shit turn it off turn you it need off something
2: with a flared
0: base when we were kids yes. my friend's mom had this like hand beat hand mixer like egg, yeah. mm-hmm. egg beater yeah. hand mixer um and it was it, it was like possessed we used to joke about it, how it was possessed because the on off switch didn't work like if it was plugged in it was just going to start going uh-huh. <laughs> <And> so- <laughs> to turn it off you like unplug it from the wall But sometimes people would forget and they would like go to flick it off and then like it would keep going and it was a surprise and so (laughs) when we were smaller like we weren't allowed to make cookies or use the blender unless the hand mixer unless there was an adult there who, who like could help in the event that we forgot that we had to unplug it or something like that it's just on all the time
2: or who could actually reach the outlets like i can imagine a kid doing this but then being like i can't actually get on the wall yeah (laughs) don't pull it by the cord (laughs) cord. (laughs) and so ned ned gave that uh summary of med meg which was Oh, so good. Yeah. And it reminded me of this thing that I actually couldn't talk about very easily in text because I don't have good words for it, but I love this. There's this, there's this certain kind of teasing where like somebody else is teasing you, but it feels great.
3: Uh huh. Yes.
2: And they're teasing you about yourself and, and they're even teasing you about things that are very definitive of you. Mm -hmm. which is also the exact same recipe for things, for people teasing you in ways that feel terrible. Yes, Mm -hmm. right. And there's just this like Occam's, there's this razor fine line. Yeah. And I have some ideas of like what it is that makes it one or the other. Like in my mind, it's about like acceptance and belonging, which I think is what I tried to say. Like, oh, that's my favorite kind of humor because it shows that you like see someone and love them Mm -hmm. and accept them, Mm -hmm. but like just for who they are and just for existing or whatever. But like that's too many words. So like what's the name (laughs) For the kind of teasing oh, about yeah. you that feels great,
1: so if we were to design a word, that if, if we it were to wasn't art and right, or design a word, right to bring it right. back for this to the kind podcast. of humor,
2: yeah. right,
0: right to we're follow gonna, the rules. we gotta art this out, right. right. Um, what do we call that? Maybe I wonder if there's already a word for it.
2: Oh, yeah. it probably is. At the very least, in it's German like, or something,
0: <coughs> it's like benign, but it's like it's not it's just neutral. Be, it's not just no, benign. It's, yeah, it's,
1: it's
2: like no, positive. It's positive because only people who know you well are capable of it. Yeah, it's like like for right. me, I'll be a little vulnerable. Like if you were teasing me <laughs> I about how time, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, because I'm always so guarded. If you yeah. were teasing me about time or time management,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, uh-huh. in my experience, the vast majority of people who tease me about time, it doesn't feel good. Right. No. Because right. it feels like they're pointing out this thing that I'm like, but don't you know if I know how to fix it, I already would? You know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Do you think I like living this way? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> is why I have a GED, for <laughs> Christ's sake. <laughs> um, but then every so same, often. Same, right? Yeah. There right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but then every so often, like somebody, like I had an experience with my therapist who was teasing me about a time thing. And. We both laughed and it, it always, one, it always feels great to laugh with somebody. It yeah. is just yep. like a hard thing. There's not, it's hard to put words around it, but everybody I think knows what it feels like yep. to laugh with somebody else or others. It feels great. So first of all, we both laugh and I like, I'm like, and I even had this like kind of like, uh, you know, uh, watching yourself moment where I'm like, huh, That was a joke about my poor time management. And uh, it was actually funny, I think is how my brain said Versus all those other times when it's Uh not funny. Because we're thinking about other people, not about me. That's very (laughs) funny. That's a joke that was actually funny.
0: So uh, I think it's pretty amazing that two out of the three of us have GEDs. And one out of the three of us made the mistake of just going all the way through high school.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah.
1: What were you thinking?
0: Should have jumped off that train right at the start. Should have never got on that
1: train.
2: Should have just taken the GED and been done with it. I do think they won't let you take it until... You're 16 or something? Yeah, like, they won't just let you, like, say, eh, I'm not going to <laughs> go to high school. I'm just going to take the GED now yeah. and, like, peace out. Like, they make you wait a bit. That's they, too bad. It, yeah, it's I not know. something
3: they advertise, right? Like, high schools right. are not true. incentivized to true. let you know about this. And right. and the way that I found out about it was to basically be so bad at high school that they're like, well, here's an option you might want to consider. Um mm. And, that, and
2: the way it's usually talked about is it's for, like, losers. Like, it's for people yeah, that, yeah, you know, people right. get their GED when they're 25 or 30 because they never learn to read, which right. I right. want to be very clear. If somebody didn't learn to read, they are not a loser. Yes, absolutely. Like, right. I want to be right. very, very clear. I'm very critical of I the judgment be, and shame we, we pack in around school. We, I, but this I think that's going to get in the way of people knowing about it. If you're yeah.
3: listening to this podcast and you can't read we would love to support you in any way we can, but that's awkward because like, you're going to have to send us an email. It's
2: like, um, I was just thinking. Oh, I was like, no. do we have a voicemail line where people can leave messages? Because thanks to all the shame and stuff we pack in around school, I have a lot of hangups about writing. It could be my undiagnosed um, learning disabilities, which is also why I have a GED. I
3: have, but, in this instance, I have a public phone number, is which is I'm perfectly harder. happy to share in this case. Um, which is uh, (laughs) – write this down. God, it just gets worse and worse. Um, (laughs) Which is uh, uh, 619-940-4633. And that's my, like, long-running, like, business public line that I've had forever. It's on the internet. Like, I don't mind sharing it. Um, I I guess what I wanted to say about the reading was just that it would be interesting um, and we would obviously – yeah, I mean, it seems unlikely because the hurdles you need to get through in order to be accessing podcasts if you can't read or, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of technological hurdles, but um yeah. Yeah, anyway, sorry. I, I don't know where that came from. Also,
2: literacy is more complex than like Yes,
3: yes it is, right? Like, like, like there's reading and then there's reading. Like there's Reading,
2: right. Yeah. 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 So, like to actually be l- like there are levels. Like often right. people have some like if, 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 the, if somebody was underserved by like the way we teach reading in the U S Yeah, mm-hmm. like it could, there are quite a few people who get to like middle school, high school and, and would be functionally deemed like don't know how to read. And I'm using air quotes here yep. and these people like are not incapable of recognizing letters or putting together words necessarily. Right. It's, it's when you get more into like the brain science of what does it mean to read in the actual English language which right. I find fascinating yeah uh, uh if anybody is interested in this stuff uh Proust and the Squid is a book that is the I've title heard of this yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we should look I can't remember the author's name who is a neuroscientist and her area of research is the reading brain and it's just a. F- I really enjoyed the book uh taking all the stuff she knows about brains but then um applying it backwards uh, in time yeah that sounds right yep yep uh, and applying it backwards in time because we we know a lot about languages and we actually read different. If you were to do a, a brain scan of somebody who reads uh, Cantonese mm-hmm. and somebody who reads English, they read differently because the languages are different. And because the languages code information differently, we use our brains differently to pull that information out and so my understanding is a lot of categorizations of literacy has to do more with somebody's ability to basically like kind of assemble the information that's coded in in english word Mm -hmm. um file it away in their brain like be able to make enough sense of it to have a place to store it in a way that you can then access it again so it's really more this like decoding, storing, and mm-hmm. accessing mm. is really kind of more what's encoded within literacy because it's not just straight recognition of letters. Mm-hmm. That's really because Because cool. that's how we teach reading. This yes. right. person is quite critical of it. Um, uh, Dr. Wolf, right, I believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Wolf is quite critical of it because uh, her whole point is that reading comes, the evidence shows that the biggest thing to help somebody read is how many words they know because learning is about anchoring information to things you already know. Mm-hmm. And right. so you can you can learn what all the word the letters mean, but if you even if you assemble them into words and you have no place in your brain to file those words or make sense of their meaning, like that's what's actually going to hold you up from reading. Yeah it's it's like a sense of the world it's it's knowing words and having and by knowing words of course that means you know what they mean and so it's that experiential piece um that's so cool mm -hmm. so i just say all that to say that i could see how someone would be deemed not literate and that doesn't mean they don't know their letters as it were sure
3: yeah um i'm also like thinking like connecting this back to art and design a little bit which is oh good keeping us on top um great <laughs> this i imagine would be a very good book to read if you were interested in doing art and design because art and design i think is a big part of it. it's about communication right with like other people
1: um yeah. mm-hmm.
3: and you know written reading reading is a big part of that and design is a huge part like you know, just the design of text and the way that you display it and the way that you present it to people is like a big aspect of that. And I imagine this might be if you're working in a media that uses a lot of text, like you're working like in we- like if you're designing websites or whatever, like this is the kind of thing that um, you probably want to be aware of. You want to be aware of like how how our brains and how people interact with the written word.
2: And even other languages. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, um, I, I don't think I could repeat all the, the technical terms for these things, but, but this book really uh, opened my eyes to sort of, again, like the way languages are coding information mm-hmm. and that different languages are coding them differently. So, yeah. you know, part of the difference, is, uh, well, I mentioned like somebody who reads Cantonese versus English, is that English has, what is it, forms? There's an official term, but like basically we have these limited number of symbols that we, ass- and each one is assigned to a sound, and then, well, English doesn't do this perfectly. Many, uh, like German does this much more perfectly, where, right. or Spanish, where each symbol represents a sound. You then assemble the sounds, mm-hmm. and then you can make any word in the language with this limited number of characters, right. versus assigning an actual character to either a word or a concept, um, and then gotcha. you also have these languages, which English is a hybrid of, where you have conceptual things like that are put together. Like that's part of why um, like our spelling is so weird because yeah. sometimes we are actually building words from like sounds, and other times we're taking. I, I am. I'm. This is not. I don't. I don't know that I have this totally right, but like we're essentially kind of taking like a picture of a word Uh from another language that Uh means a thing. Yes. And then we're taking, and then to modify that meaning we apply letters like say from Latin or something. Uh And so then we make these kind of bastardized words that are not totally built, but not totally conceptual. Mm -hmm. And so English is sort of in the middle, but because sometimes we're accessing information on a kind of conceptual level versus just the straight, you know, sounds. Mm -hmm sound coding if you will yeah Mm -hmm. um that's part of what makes different brain makes people read in different ways and then if you take learning differences or differently wired brains or what is called learning disabilities into account um people with dyslexia for one read differently like even english people with dyslexia use a totally different part of their brain to read english that's
0: so amazing
2: yeah and so then, not to give it too much away, but but Dr. Wolf's ultimate point is, can we wonder then what types of brains were prized in different ancient societies based on their kinds of language? Aha! Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That
0: gets interesting. Uh, I thought you'd
2: like yep. that. Yeah. Because we yes. can look back at records of different languages and see how they developed and in what way they developed and in what regions. That's amazing. Yeah. And that then also tells it gives us some kind of... Interesting speculation, speculative insight into, again, the brains of people long dead, which I also found very interesting.
0: Yeah, right. <coughs> That's really cool. Yeah, I need to read this book, Proust and the Squid. Proust and the Squid.
3: Yes, I, uh, I actually, while you were talking, I added it to my Amazon cart.
2: <laughs> I, of course, uh, listened to it on audiobook. Ah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it is available on audiobook.
0: Ah. I enjoy <coughs> sitting by the heater again.
3: Ah, uh, that's your fault. What were you thinking? I get like
0: my Do sinuses you your- get so dry.
3: Do you want to be warm and comfortable <sighs> or freezing and able to talk? I mean, I
0: know it's, just, it's a huge trade off.
2: <laughs> hmm. If only there was some place uh, that was really warm, but also really humid. Mm-hmm. Like right. a sauna. Like a sauna. This is just a random joke. It's sitting- funny only to me. Uh, people <laughs> sitting out there. sitting right next to the
0: sauna in my basement. Yep. But it's a dry sauna, not a wet sauna. It's true. And we were thinking like, is it cold enough down here that we should just podcast from the sauna today?
3: (laughs) (laughs) But not quite. I was um, today actually just 20 minutes before we started the podcast. I was having a text conversation (laughs) and you mentioning that you have a sauna in your basement um, reminded me of how how things get contextualized and how like out of context they can seem very ridiculous. Right. Uh-huh. Like who has a sauna in their basement, let alone in their house. I mean, plenty of, right. Like it, it paints this picture of like, when I'm like, I have a yacht that I'm like this very rich affluent <laughs> person. Right. Um, I don't, right. I mean, I have a sailboat and I yeah, sail it and, and absolutely that, that does belay a certain level of wealth that is undeniable. Absolutely. Yes, But also, like in the context, I am not a rich man like walking around town like buying properties and yeah. doing whatever the fuck rich people do. Right? You don't even um, have a
2: three after your name.
3: I don't have a three after my name. No, I don't have a the third. Um. Anyway, so it's just <laughs> the, the, kind the of third. funny. It's just very funny to me how that how that works and like income disparity and like wealth disparity and like what like uh, anyway i i didn't really mean to bring that up so much as just like the context of things where it's well like now just you've saying, done it now yes. i've done it um, <laughs> i yeah. need to blow well, my nose keep talking yeah i mean i i capitalism weighs on me heavily these days i don't know what what the answer is how
2: could it not
3: it's just as i will you know, always talk about capitalism it's just as time goes on and i just see like you know, like my friends and, you know, people I know and just, you know, read the news and see what's going on in the world. It just feels really not okay. But it's um, not. No, I actually, uh, I think I sent, um, I think I sent this message to Meg the other day and maybe it's kind of appropriate. I'd kind of just been like,
2: I mean, this does get fairly close to the topic that we were actually talking about when I when I barfed my feelings into our chat yes, about yeah. ways to design cities, and you know the th- and basically <laughs> the U.S. is doing everything wrong <laughs> um, in terms of like infrastructure, yeah, and like everyone can be critical of, of cars and mm-hmm. and our car dependent society, and those are all arguments I've heard before, and and we can talk about how we need better transit option, and I've heard all that before. But, but what I was so excited about was this connection between building spaces that people want to be and managing traffic. Like, I would not have thought to put those things together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and what it is, or, and what is underneath it, is a way to be critical of capitalism, which is how it's related to this,
1: mm-hmm.
2: in terms of what we incentivize. Right, And so we have this model where we build these, well, some of it has to do with, with how we structure tax systems and stuff. But, like, but a lot of new construction happens on either the edge of cities or actually in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So far away from things. And when, they, when there's building there, then there's needed infrastructure. And so then you're creating lots of extra infrastructure to get out there. But you then have to pay for that infrastructure and you pay, or to maintain it, I should say. And you pay for maintaining infrastructure by taxes. But by building giant things that are far away that then everybody needs a car for, in order to build spaces that are comfortable for cars, Mm -hmm. you make spaces that are hateful for humans. Yes, right. And so now you make all these spaces that nobody wants to be.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so if you have spaces where nobody wants to be, you're going to have poor tax revenue like people are going to go and spend but they're just going to buy what they need and then they're going to leave <sighs> and you're going to take up a bunch of land this yeah. is, and then okay. you're going to have to maintain all that stuff right and there's more pieces of it but that to me is that part of that capitalism of like what are you actually incentivizing right this Do you want to incentivize people to make spaces where people want to be or do you want to incentivize people to make spaces where cars want to be mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. this Sorry, has go ahead. been oh i was going to say this has um probably you've put in words what i think like how my thinking changed around owning a large four-wheel drive truck
1: oh um, yeah mm.
3: now i don't i i'm not here to like justify that or that that's a practical solution that we all have but one of the things about that vehicle is that it's comfortable in human spaces a lot more than it's comfortable in road spaces right like i yes. drive that truck mm. to the wilderness. And I drive mm. up a, you know, like I go, like one of my favorite places to go is up in the Inyo mountains. And I drive, I drive out there and then I drive on a dirt road. And then I drive four wheel drive. Like you need it to get over the ah, the fire yes. roads in order to get out to the wilderness. And, and growing up, I used to backpack a lot. And I just was like of the mind that it was like, well, why would you ever need to bring a car? Like you, why would you drive a four wheel drive vehicle? But it's a, I'm older and it's nice to have those luxuries, but b it really puts you a far distance away that I'd never practically be able to go to on foot, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's in spaces that are much more pleasant to be as a human. I mean, there's things that aren't so pleasant, like, you know, it's during the winter, it's cold as fuck. And, you know, but, um, it's, I don't know. I, that, that idea of like building spaces that are comfortable for cars as opposed to comfortable for humans is like a really amazing correlate. like, It's just such a good analogy, right? To kind of explain this concept of like what, and this comes to that heart of like designing things. Like, what are you designing for? When Megan and I did a one of our more popular podcasts, I think, is consider the context. Yeah, Um, Mm.
2: I liked one of these people uh, that was bringing these ideas up. Talked about simply about the scale. So they they live in Amsterdam, but they grew up in Canada, and they go back to Canada and they walk to the store to get some milk in suburban canada
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they're narrating this and one of the things they're commenting on is like how big are the signs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i never would have thought of that but yeah when you're walking next to a sign that's designed to be read from the road at 50 miles an hour it's right.
0: enormous it's
2: enormous and yeah. it makes you feel out of place right yep. when you have those giant signs that are designed to be seen from the highway when you want to walk along the road And then find the entrance and then cross the giant parking lot underneath that sign Mm -hmm. and then get into the store. It just does more and more to send the message that this space is not for you. Yes. Right. And so that concept of scale was so interesting. And and it made me think about like, again, what is the fact what? functionally make spaces where I want to be outdoor spaces mm-hmm. you know what makes a business district like the one that you can walk to here which is I think medium comfort comfortable mm-hmm. it's not the most comfortable but it is somewhat comfortable and it's like what are all the things that make that more comfortable and and it made me have a new respect for scale which yeah. is not something I had thought about like all oh, right well the signs are geared for me the pedestrian <clears throat> so when I'm walking I have things I can look at and read yeah. that are aimed at me Mm-hmm. or sandwich boards, you know, right. or-
3: As opposed to like a 50 foot billboard that is like <laughs> you feel dwarfed by as you're yes. walking under it and the giant text about how you need to get erectile dysfunction cured now. Or
2: <laughs> it's
1: exactly.
3: Or is your yes. carrot bent or whatever recent commercials I've been seeing that are just ridiculous.
1: Oh my
0: God. Right. I don't know when the last time I saw a commercial was.
3: Uh, it's
2: fascinating. I've I also They've saw gotten them. really weird, haven't yeah, they? they
1: have.
3: Yeah, they have gotten really weird. I generally Very don't abstract. watch them, um, but. We've been watching uh, on Hulu um, what we do in the shadows, and mm. so good. So and good. the account we have is not the like commercial free one, so we get commercials occasionally. And mm-hmm. I tolerate them for what is an amazing show. Um, it is. <laughs> it is the yeah.
0: Jackie Daytona episode is my favorite. Uh, yeah, we're getting I, to that one.
3: I've seen it all before. I just I love I'm rewatching Guillermo. with my partner uh, Guillermo. I, Guillermo is there's just uh, so on rewatching weird. it. I had this kind of revelation, which was like. I remember when I first watched it um, Guillermo I uh, over time I had a lot of like concern for Guillermo like he's like I'm Mm -hmm. like why is he always getting shit on. But then watching the (laughs) first couple of episodes, I was like, I think they played down that character. But the first couple of episodes, I'm like, there are two morons here. There is Nandor (laughs) and there's Guillermo and they are a match (laughs) made in heaven. Like they're not doing any each, either of themselves any favors. Right. Right. And so it's just kind of like at that moment, I was just like, okay, well I don't feel sorry for either of these characters as it goes on. Like Guillermo, at least in season one towards the end, I think they kind of downplay some of his like ridiculous, or like the way that he the way that he also causes harm to everyone else like in his thinking and actions um you know setting aside the absurdity of like just like supporting vampires who are killing humans and his job like (laughs) i don't even mean that i just mean the like the way he harms like the infrastructure of the household right like the um,
2: infrastructure of the household or people around him or the people
3: yeah the people around him, like the Uh, people who are his friends as opposed to victims and other you know the virgins that he's always trying to round up for uh for the vampires but yeah
2: Right. right Oh, um, uh, spoiler alerts! Yeah. I, lo- I, yeah. I don't know if I'm, I. Know if I'm I really, fully I
1: really
0: loved the movie, and I, yeah, I kickstarted it. Um, Amazing, because I was so excited about it. Yeah. And I loved Taika Waititi's other movies. So I was like, oh, my God, please take my money to make another movie. Can I give you more money for more movies beyond this? Mm-hmm. Right. And like then when they made the television show out of it, I was like, oh, God, please don't let this be terrible. But it's fantastic. And it, it, so- d- it has and a it's different, different flavor, mm-hmm. yes. which is why yeah. it's like great, because it's kind of like mm-hmm. like like seasons of the real world.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, this one's in it's New like York.
0: changed locations. Right. It's like so a it's practically different. different show and right? different cast. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Different so dynamic. The f- yeah, the original movie was placed in Wellington, New Zealand, and then the television show is Staten Island, right? Yes, Staten Island, yes. New York. New York. So uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so great. Oh, yeah. God, Pretty it's just so funny.
2: Also critical of capitalism? Do we need to bring it back around? <coughs> sure, yeah. Um. <laughs> 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 so... Um,
0: yeah industrial strength emotional blender i guess yes. that's that's probably i think i've probably with, we are also joking about the fact that it doesn't have a lid on it so it's just like on it's and running. Just on. Yes, it all just the time to, <laughs> to throw stuff yeah. in right. and
3: occasionally I mean, we'll we use stop it so and pull much. it off the base and pour something out but right um,
2: right I, why would I, well, you wash it you're just always using it right like
3: I, that's the thing is i think we all use it all the time and enjoy it mm-hmm. immensely I've had I just Mm -hmm. so much of my joy in life comes from throwing things in there.
2: (laughs) sometimes while it's on I've seen you Mm. do that oh oh, that's the best way to do it (laughs) yeah it's
0: just like you just throw it throw shit in when it's on
2: Uh
3: uh-huh
0: and put your hands over the top
3: just kind of cover it a little bit yep just cover it a little
0: bit yeah and don't reach in there with your bare hands use like a wooden spoon or something
3: right right exactly I mean I try to be something with a flared base I I know we're kind of running with an analogy here but I do I do try to be like very uh you know seek consent and and you know cognizant of of the effect and damage it might have like i try not to throw rocks in there i do drop a spoon (laughs) in there occasionally like i said but um you know generally speaking but that's why it's a hell of
2: a racket yeah (laughs) yeah but you're also the first person who would probably take that blender to the repair shop oh i would be devastated
3: if it stopped working
2: Right, right. And you would do everything. If you had dropped a spoon in there and it did any real damage, oh, you, yeah, would I just feel like it, would yeah. be so there to help fix it. So yeah, I feel absolutely. like that is yeah. really all we can ever ask for. Ned's blender repair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> emotional
2: blender repair. Emotional. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get this right. Emotional blender repair. I feel like, can you extend this out then to like, what are emotional blenders that aren't industrial strength? Mm like, oh, like what if somebody has there's like an some, old wearing some blender emotion, it's emotional like have you ever blender. seen
0: those p- mashed potato mashers
1: oh god you're oh. right some
0: yeah. people have those yeah
2: you're yeah like, mm.
0: if yeah. you use it too much it gets gluteny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or like like those little manual have you ever seen the manual food processors Hmm. oh <gasps> They're just like a little like the blades in the in the cup and then they have like a crank on the top. Hand,
3: yes, yeah. Sometimes
2: they're geared so that for each crank oh, really? you turn yeah, of the get- hand crank, you, the the blade spins much faster. Yeah, actually for certain things, they work really great. This, why have cool. I never
0: seen one of these before? This seems to me almost to be like superior to something with a motor that could burn out.
2: They for certain <laughs> things they are very cool. I know about them because I worked in gourmet food. Right. I did not know about them before I worked there. So, okay. like you know, right. I don't think it's just you. I'm but not, they I'm are not behind there. the curve on this mm-hmm. one. Like they're really good for salad dressing. Ooh.
3: Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet. Yep.
2: I bet you can make mayo with it, too. Oh, yeah, you could. Yeah.
0: See, I'm going to need one of these soon. Mm-hmm.
2: Are they is it For expensive? all your mayo? No. No. I don't. How I cool is that? I mean, I have a whole
0: book upstairs about things that you can motorize with, like, a bicycle, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so I think if we just hooked the hand crank food processor up to a bike, a stationary bike, we could make it go real fast. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I'm just thinking for, you know, Mm -hmm. after the
1: fall. Something happened.
0: If something happened. I can't even imagine what it would be at this point in our lives.
2: You're thinking if you were on Ned's boat. What if you're on a boat? Then you'd need stuck at sea, and she won't stop cranking that food (laughs) processor. (laughs) Just putting mayo on everything. I don't know where you're getting the eggs from, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Where did all these eggs come from? More importantly, don't what are we going to
3: do with them? I know, make mayo. Mayo.
2: Well, we're going to have <laughs> fish tacos all the time, aren't we? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fish, can, egg, mayo. Fish and mayo. I mean, actually, you
3: could, actually, we could make mayo out of fish because you could, you just need the oil and then you need mm-hmm. some kind of emulsifying stabilizer. That would be the
0: most fucked up tasting mayo ever.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You could, no, I think mean, you could make
3: it taste good. It, I mean, you want to eat oil it pretty quick, pretty, pretty strong.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: especially. Yeah, could, but yeah, it <laughs> would be it would be a very potent mayo. Like you'd want to use just a little bit of it. You know what I mean? Well, like, like- you-
0: if we were stuck at sea and needed to be rescued, we could make s- fish oil mayo, and people would smell us and come find <laughs> us.
2: <laughs> I've made bacon fat mayo, <laughs> and I can tell you that at a fifty percent bacon fat to like. Yeah. strong flavored oil, you don't get much bacon flavor. Oh. So oh, okay. you'd be surprised. So I guess yeah. I'm not saying fish oil is the same as bacon fat, but I feel like bacon fat also has a distinctive you flavor. Are. I
0: distinctly remember you saying fish oil and bacon fat are exactly the same. This is not a false equivalency <laughs> Exactly
2: the same.
3: Calling you out right now. <laughs> totally. On what you just said.
2: <laughs> the same. Oh. But if you had some garlic, if you had an allium, I feel yeah. like you could make like a fish oil, aioli kind of thing. And if... You wanted it to be less fishy, and you could get your hands on a vegetable oil, but you didn't want to use it all up. You could use it to stretch your vegetable. Yes. Oil. Is tartar
0: sauce not for fish? Yes. Not made from
2: mayo? It is. That's so what I was going to say. There we go. When mm-hmm. you were like fish mm-hmm. and mayo, I was like, well, that's. I mean, tartar sauce. Is tartar just sauce, dum dum, pickles, <laughs> and you can pickle anything. Also, you can pickle anything.
3: I'm imagining the context of like if we are stuck at sea, we're already eating a lot of fish, and so we're probably yeah. desensitized to it to the point where
2: <laughs> probably adding adding fish. <laughs>
3: Oil, like fish oil mayonnaise just tastes like mayonnaise. It's like, oh, give me some of that mayo. I'm tired of just the straight fish.
2: Right. I mean, at that point, you've, you're already used to the smell of rotting fish guts, presumably, which mm-hmm. is probably way worse than right, fish right. mayo. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. Well, if we're you're well sea, past
2: the, the, the realm of microwaving fish in the work. If
3: we're at sea, like I imagine we'd keep a pretty tidy, clean, clean workspace. So I, I'm, I'm imagining the three of us don't subject ourselves to rotting fish guts too much. Right. In
2: yes, our, I would in think in our not, scenario. Not too much, but like I just feel like it'd be there. You just, yeah. You would come across it sometimes yes. Right, right, right. Right, yep. right. What if I don't know. Yes, I do feel like if I learned anything from Ned's Nautical Nightmare, just a little <laughs> plug for a previous <laughs> podcast episode. Go look it up. Yeah. Uh it's the importance of a ship shape ship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything in its place. And
0: a hand yeah. crank food processor. Yes. Which I think in, during that episode we may have also not lying about maintenance.
2: That's yeah. also really I learned discussion. that. Don't lie about maintenance. <laughs> Don't, Don't lie, lie
3: about, about maintenance. maintenance. Right. Oh man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> me to bring that Sorry. back up. <laughs>
0: this here is a problem caused by deferred maintenance. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I feel like after that I would would take uh, uh, w- a ship um, both maintenance and tidiness very seriously. So I agree. I'm using this to validate as evidence to to the the accuracy of your sta- your speculative statement that should the three of us be lost at sea we would keep a tidy ship yeah yeah also meg would not let it happen any <laughs> <I would, laughs>
0: other way i would have a very clean ship
2: and i do I do really like having things in their place in part because i absolutely hate not being able to find something right it's just the most frustrating feeling and i can imagine i it's I don't know. I don't know. I-, I live with somebody who has a different relationship with putting things away right away than me. And that's fine. <laughs> People have different relationships, but it often makes me wonder like I feel like so much of my motivation um to like put things away right away is because or have a spot where it always goes. And I, not that I'm perfect or anything, but it gives me a real sense of satisfaction, and often in my brain it's like, "Well, I'm saving future Lauren from that terrible feeling of not being able to find it. That's somebody. right, and that I'm like, right. "So how does this person think? Does they do they not find it as terrible as I do, or can they not invi- like viscerally feel it as well they as, they as I?" They don't live do? in
0: multiple dimensions like we do.
2: Maybe that's it.
0: I mean, uh, like uh, temporally, like we're always thinking in several, yeah, time, yeah, yeah. space. Mm-hmm. fields like that's okay i'm always thinking about the future because i i kind of operate on some like founding assumptions right like if something is my fault i only have me to be mad at and i hate being mad at people but i'm better being mad at myself than i am being mad at other people mm-hmm. but i hate being mad at myself and that one i can control and so i try not to do anything that's going to piss future me off mm. yeah or limit future me's choices
2: well, you know, future you has just as powerful a blender as current you. So,
0: right. And then there's always, you know, past me is like constant, but it's always now me. Mm-hmm. So, now me, I'm, I never achieve the state of future me except when now me arrives at the point that I was thinking of when I used to think of it as future me. Right. But then it's now,
2: now you. But now so it's now, it's, now. It's not future. It ceases to it's be now, now.
0: Right. right. And now, and you're, and now is when you're upset about things. You can't be upset about things in the future.
2: Mm. Well, I'm going to have to think about that. Because I'm trying to think of, like, how fear plays into that then. Because isn't fear, like, feeling a thing in the future? Mm-mm. No?
0: It's f- the anticipation of feeling something in the future. Okay. I'll, yeah. I think. I Yeah. But then, but then (laughs) does that mean you're
2: not feeling something in the future? If you're anticipating feeling something in the future,
3: I mean, fear is a fundamental emotion is, Mm -hmm. or as a more base emotion, I think is more just the, it's usually related to the belief that something is going to cause pain or is like, is dangerous or is going to, yeah, is threatening, Mm -hmm. is threatening something. And so you can have fears that are time-based like you know this thing this bad thing is gonna happen in the future or i have fear of you know this you know unknownness of it or whatever but um i don't think it's fundamentally tied to like you can have more like immediate fear where it's like there's something in front of me right now that is causing me fear what that is is Sure, but yeah, you,
2: it could be something in the future, but yes. you are, it is, fear is fundamentally a feeling you are feeling now. Now yes. Lauren is afraid of something that will happen to future Lauren, but right. ultimately who has the fear? It's not future Lauren that has the fear, no, it's, it's now, now Lauren, Lauren yes. that has the fear. Right. Like, that's right. what gotcha. makes it fear, yes. is yeah. that it is experienced, I mean, much in the way that like trauma is like reliving something in the past, but but the feeling is happening to now Lauren. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's about something that happened to pass Lauren, right. it's a being experienced. Right. The senses are barar, bararding. barrage. Bombarding. Bombarding, thank <laughs> you. The, barraging. Barra- barrage. Barrage. Barraging. Barrage. Yes, yes. There yes, you go. There. Yes. M- the the now Lauren's senses have are experiencing a barrage of of sensations.
3: Right, right.
2: So yes, no, no. I'm glad we we dug into to this. Yeah. So perhaps then uh, Meg's original statement stands. You can't feel things in the future.
0: Yeah, I don't think so.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna think about it.
3: I mean, I mean, at least until yeah. I get distracted again. Yeah, any anything anything not now is just conceptual, right? Right. Well, like I do
2: really not. love that idea that uh, um, the past. And the future are both thoughts in the present, the kind of this mm-hmm. idea that yep. the only the only thing that's real is right now, now, now. And it's yeah. always now and it's right. always now, now. And that and that's the only thing that's real. And so, like, you can totally go to this place that, like, everything else is not actually real mm-hmm. because our memories aren't real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are. They're actual. They are, actual. Well,
1: they are think- something
2: we experience, but they aren't necessarily. They aren't reality. Right. Because they're filtered through memory and accessing, yeah. Memories are always imperfect, yeah. Oh, Ned's got a good luck. He does. I was what just kind of thinking
3: about what's what, happening over there. What real means, as far as like, because ah, the yes. thing is, like, mm-hmm. um, you you affect like we're talking about practical things you can do to affect your future now.
2: Like yes. we're talking
3: about like you put something back where it belongs or like you designate places, spaces for tools and then that's where they go. And as long as you put them back there, you're doing future Ned. I'm doing future Ned a favor by right. or I'm I'm facilitating my future to be better. Yes. Um, And then but then when you arrive at the future, it's now. Right. So that's kind yes. of the like conundrum. But I think that, which
0: is why whenever you think about making a change of some kind, you can't. Yeah wait to do it you have to just do it now because it's always now and if you don't do it now you'll never do it
3: right and but i i would argue that that real and reality could encompass that aspect of future projection like you're Mm. like Hmm. i'm i i not i'm getting into semantics with you about what you're saying that's okay i think the we
2: have a consensual semantic relationship we do we've established (laughs) this (laughs) um and i I can reconfirm i consent to to semantics with you okay good thank you Um, as a white male you are absolved absolved of dickishness
3: dickishness.
2: yes well let's not
3: go that far let's just in this moment we're in agreement um uh, now now uh no i just mean like i just mean like from a concept when you're talking about reality um i think that it's not fair to lock that into a single point on a timeline which or into a single in a moving frame like your moving frame of reference right I don't think like, there
0: is such a thing as reality
2: I find it very comforting to lock it in I find it very comforting because it it feels freeing to say yeah. that only the tiniest sliver of experience is real and that everything else is is somehow filtered created imagined remembered mm-hmm. like like it. You know that each second, or even 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 each moment, right. like oh, now the next moment, like oh god, this is too much. I wonder if the next moment will be too much. <laughs> this one's a little too much, but it's not quite. I wonder about the next moment, like right. You know, I guess just-
3: like I because I'm just thinking about it in terms of like my reality is that like past is immutable and future is mutable, but they are real. Like they're not. Sure. They're not uh, like like I guess what I'm saying is like in science for instance it's like we can look at things to glean evidence of something of a past event by Mm -hmm. looking at now and then to kind of say that that past event is not real it's it's a like this is why I say it's semantics right like it's Mm -hmm. not a matter of like I think that the feeling of you know talking about like the only thing that you can feel is now um you you can remember feelings but you're feeling them now mm-hmm. like your experience of the past is now your your thoughts about the future is now like that's and our disagree.
2: experience of the past is different than the actual past
3: yeah oh yeah absolutely like that's going to change for sure like our perception of what happened Our remember like our memories um all of those things uh yeah. <laughs> when i had
0: my uh when i had my ribs popped back into place the other day yes. it hurt so bad that i forgot right afterwards how bad it hurt yeah i was like that hurt really bad <laughs> but i don't remember it
2: i have heard uh people who have given uh had vaginal childbirth describe it that way yeah that you forget that you just right you're like, like i know it they hurt keep bad babies but i don't remember like, yeah.
1: like
0: i don't i don't remember like I can remember what like smashing my thumb feels like because I've done that like a million times. Uh-huh. You know or whatever but like I've only Did had... Did you use
3: a thumb finder?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's yeah. my word for hammer. For hammer. A, a big one. <laughs> yeah, a, big, um, a big thumb finder. A big thumb finder.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> but
0: found like, it. <laughs> found it. And I remember what that feels like because it's like a common sensation but like the really extreme pain that I've been in it's like Thankfully, only like a one-time thing or whatever. And I remember the this like recent like getting my ribs popped back in and my spine getting all crunched up was like I, I remember thinking like that was on par with that spinal tap that I had. Mm. Oh. But then, but it was so brief that it was
3: yeah mm-hmm. like was the peak like, of it. Oh my god, but that was terrible. The time oh, thank of god it was over. Yeah.
2: My peak pain ex- memories. I can remember my symptoms. Mm-hmm. I can remember nausea or something. Mm. Um, I can remember being like startled. I had a pain thing that like woke me up screaming in pain. And yeah. I remember the sensation of being startled awake by my own scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I know that it was caused by pain and I know in that moment I was feeling pain, but I I can remember like I say the stuff around it <coughs> and not really the pain.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yes.
2: I can remember like lying on the ice after dislocating my knee for whatever it used to happen regularly uh it wasn't even the first time but a couple times were really bad and like i can remember being kind of cold because of where my body was and my face was kind of scratched because of the ice and i and i'm nauseous but i don't actually remember the pain
0: yeah yeah
2: but like i use the stuff around it it's like very much the like you the know other sensation. painting yeah painting a param a. a Uh, knowing an image by its outline Mm -hmm. or knowing an object by its surrounding.
0: Yeah. Like a, like a a negative.
2: Yeah. 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 A negative sense of, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Like I have a negative sense of the pain. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. (laughs) Speaking of liminal space.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Does pain ever cause some strange liminal spaces? Yeah. Yeah. I was
2: going to say pain is liminal, man. Liminal space. Big time.
3: Should we, um, Maybe segue into a second episode, and we could wrap this one up. And then oh, okay. Maybe talk more. Sure,
2: but you did promise me a lot more talking about capitalism. I just I want to point. Oh that out. yeah, so
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I did. I feel like no, I you just didn't. Like, you no, didn't. No. Okay. It's not real. Okay. <laughs> it's
2: just my yeah, memory. <laughs> you also promised me a bunch of money. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Well, you promised me to come hopefully visit? this will <laughs> satisfy you said you'd both be here in the basement with us <laughs> recording this
3: yes that's true i did say all of these i made so many <laughs> promises well i got you your favorite thing
1: <laughs> disappointment. disappointment oh boy <laughs> <laughs> so
3: um i had an idea since we're still uh since the research the color research team is still on vacation Um, that's okay they deserve it they do uh Mm -hmm. i thought we might do i thought maybe this will be uh this will satisfy both of you at least um we can do a final segment which i'm going to call something around the idea of like random wikipedia articles loosely related (gasps) to art and design
2: oh Um, it's like you know us
3: and so this segment is going to be um real quick uh And we're just going to talk about today. So today I wanted to just kind of mention the concept of experimental aesthetics. So Mm. uh, I'm reading from the experimental aesthetics article uh, from Wikipedia as of January 24th, 2022. And uh, experimental aesthetics is a field of psychology founded by Gustav Theodor uh, Fechner in the 19th century. According to Fechner, aesthetics is an experimental Sorry, an experiential perception, which is empirical, sorry, is empirically comprehensible in light of the characteristics of the subject undergoing the experience and those of the object. Um, So I
2: feel there's a joke in there about my experience of trying to make sense of your words. Yes, it's hard to (laughs) parse.
3: So let's like break it down a little bit because that was a mouthful. Um,
2: And you're very good at that. I want to just name.
3: Thank you um the so exper- experimental aesthetics uh is this idea that um experiential perception, like what yeah you so experience, like the things you're noticing and feeling' yeah, and thinking uh is empirically comprehensible in the light of or context of the subject like the characteristics of the subject so like of yeah. in the light of what you're looking at like what you're looking at or what you're perceiving right mm-hmm. um because it's not just about sight it's sound and taste and perhaps like emotional content i don't know we can get into that debate <coughs> or later like how it's
0: how all that stuff is filtered through your particular senses
1: right, right. yes
3: yeah so um so this uh it's so experimental aesthetics is strongly oriented towards the natural sciences. Um, modern approaches mostly come from the fields of cognitive psychology or neuroscience. Um, Mm. there's, uh, there's some methodology that they kind of loosely outline. Um, but data basically collected data can be examined at three levels. According to this article, which is, uh, the uh, physiological level, the phenomenological level, experience, um, and behavioral level. Interesting. Um, okay. Right. <laughs> um, it's hard to assign, according to the Wikipedia article, uh, it's hard to assign an absolute value to aesthetics of an object. However, one can measure, for example, what percentage of subjects classify an object as beautiful or how many prefer this object to others. Um, so, depending on the approach, a number of different methods are used in experimental ex- aesthetics, such as pairwise comparison. Right. So, like, do you good prefer naming
2: pairwise?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, Say do again? you uh, pairwise, pairwise comparison? Comparisons. Pair- yeah. Pairwise.
0: Pairwise. 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 Yeah. Pairwise so like, do you prefer pears
3: or do you prefer apples? Sorry, I confused it there. Adding pears. Um, but P A I R, right? Yeah, P A R Y. Sorry, P A. I-R-W-I-S-E, pair-wise comparisons. Yes. -hmm. Yes.
0: Okay, great.
3: Um, Rank order methods, which are basically Mm -hmm. going from binary to multiplexed, you know, ranking of order. Um, uh, Semantic differentials, which I am not familiar with, but that could be another topic we can go into. Sounds
2: delightful. Sounds like something I would
3: like. Semantic differentials uh, basically are a type of rating scale designed to measure the uh, connotative meaning of objects events and concepts mm-hmm. um yeah so uh yeah we can Is anyway it just
2: those three or there more
3: uh the because the those three, three are pretty good oh no there's more <laughs> so um yeah, that's what i thought there's uh production methods statistical comparisons of groups reaction time measurements um okay. so like you can imagine um like there's There are studies that do, uh, so like website design where they track Mm -hmm. mouse movement um, and like click, like where people click on a page, where people end up dwelling the mouse. There are studies where they were capturing, like um, they're doing eye tracking uh, or even doing like functional magnetic resonance imaging on brain, so just to like, you know, just measure directly like subject interaction with objects Mm -hmm. or with experience. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there's lots of ways to study this um, and collect data on it and then how to interpret it. Uh, But anyway, so experimental aesthetics, um, something if you're if you're a longtime, you know, practicer of art and design like this might be an interesting field to look into. Anyway, that was kind of my little short, short little end cap. um, Sure. For today. Yeah.
0: Nice. That was cool. Thank you. Thank you. Right. So,
3: yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, once again, we'd love to hear from you. So you can email us. Uh, dana, our executive assistant, would be glad to field your field your emails. That's dana at fcbm.io. And, uh, yeah, I think that's – I don't know. You guys have anything else you want to say to anyone who's –
2: Wash your hands.
3: Wash your hands still. Ooh. Yeah. I think that's just going to go forever.
1: Time
2: but it's winter, early. so wash your hands and then put lotion on them because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Your, your poor skin.
0: And then don't touch me. And then don't touch me.
2: <laughs> 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 or just like something to take care of your skin, I should say. I don't need to prescribe what it is, but right. wash your hands and take care of, hydrate your skin. Yeah. Hydrate your skin. Yeah. Yes.
3: Um, huh. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Good job. Good job. Thanks, everyone.
1: Scrub-a-dub-dub.